Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers have historically been a very good defense. They have a reputation for it. Specifically, they've been a really good passing defense. And a very, very good deep passing defense. How can the Steelers in 2022 get back to that top tier elite status? I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the Cutting Room Floor. Two weeks ago, we talked about deep passing offense and its importance in the current NFL, specifically as regards to teams making the playoffs this year. This week, we're going to cover passing defense. The Pittsburgh Steelers gave up a first down on 40% of their deep passing attempts against their defense. That ranked 11th in the NFL, not shabby. On those deep pass attempts, they forced a turnover on 5.5% of them. Good for 20th in the NFL, not so good. Those two stats, first down percentage, and turnover percentage are key stats for success 
of a deep passing defense, and they show up as being key numbers for teams having playoff success. If you have one of those two really high, you're good. Uh, you can have both high, you're, you're great. But you want at least one of those to be very high. You need at least one of those two numbers to be very high. If you're not forcing turnovers and you're giving up first downs on long, deep passes, you're going to get gashed and destroyed in the playoffs. As we saw this year in the playoffs. So today I want to look back at some defenses historically for the Steelers and how they did. You'll know the years. You'll know how far good they did. But we're going to look at their numbers for deep passing defense. This is going to be limited to the Mike Tomlin era of Steelers football. I wish they had the breakdown between you know deep passes and short passes before 2006. But they don't. So we're going to start at 2007. And go through to the current day. And look at some key years. 2007. Mike Tomlin took over the Steelers defense. Uh, right after their Super Bowl slump. 2006 season. With Ben Roethlisberger being. The, the, the motorcycle accident. His worst season as a starter. He takes over. He admitted later that he. Thinks he worked them too much. In the off season. As a new coach, trying to make an impact, make a difference right away. If you remember that season, the Steelers came out guns blazing. Play were in midseason form early in the year, but faded late and couldn't win in the playoffs at all. That year, the Pittsburgh Steelers gave up a first down on 32.4% of the deep ball passes they faced. That's second best in the NFL at that time. Their turnover percentage in what was common for a Dick LeBeau defense ranked 27th at 4.9%. Dick LeBeau was all about keeping the play in front of you, limiting the success of deep passes, stopping the run, making teams throw short. He wasn't big on forcing turnovers. 2008. We all know the 2008 Steelers defense. They went to the Super Bowl. They only gave up a first down on 31% of their deep ball attempts. 31%. That's, again, second in the NFL. And they forced a turnover on 5.7%, better than, you know, 4.9. But that was only good for 23rd in the NFL. That defense, second best in first down percentage, which to me is, is the number one stat. That's the most important stat. Turnover percentage, I think, is second. 2009, that disappointing Super Bowl, you know, the second Super Bowl slump season, they went from 31% allowed on deep ball passes, first down percentage, to 40.7, dropping from second in the NFL the previous two years to 22nd. Their turnover percentage dropped even further to 3.7%, and they were 30th. So you want to know the weakness in that Steelers defense in 2009? It was against deep passes. They couldn't stop the deep ball. 2010, that first down percentage only dropped from 40.7 in 2009 to 40% in 2010. 
in 2010. They were still giving up deep passes. That improvement was good enough to move them in a log jam of teams up to 16th from 22nd. But if you remember 2010, that's Troy Polamalu's Defensive Player of the Year season when he had seven interceptions himself. That largely was the reason the Steelers moved from you know 27th, 23rd, and 30th from 2007 to 2009 to the sixth highest turnover rate on deep ball passes at 10.5%. That passing defense wasn't any better. They were giving up deep balls. But they were also taking the ball away at a much higher rate. Much higher rate. So that gives you an idea of those defenses, the Super Bowl defense defenses that we can look at here. Let's get forward to Dick LeBeau's last season in Pittsburgh, 2014. Also Troy Polamalu's last season on the team. The team gave up a first down on 50% of their deep ball passes. That ranked 28th. 28th. Only four teams were worse than them. Turnover percentage, 6.0%. That's good for 19th in the NFL. You can understand why that defense was bad. 2015, Keith Butler's first year in the league as the first year as the Steelers defensive coordinator. Steelers defense, 49.1%, only slightly better. But that actually dropped them from 28th to 32nd. That year, numbers changed a bit. And uh, the Steelers were the worst team in 2015. Turnover percentage, 4.7%, 20th in the league. So not good, right? That 2014-2015 years, not good. Obviously, you remember that. I wanted to give those numbers to compare not only that middle section there between uh, the 2010s teams and today, but to also give some give some groundwork for the 2017 season. Whereas if we look through week 12, when Ryan Shazier was playing, that 2017 defense gave up a first down on 35.4% of deep ball passes. That is seventh best. Seventh best in the NFL. That's with Artie Burns as a starting quarterback. That's with Sean Davis at free safety. That's the 2017 Steelers. Seventh best. Turnover percentage, they ranked eighth at 7.3% through week 12. They were top 10 in both. And if you remember that 2017 season... We should have been a Super Bowl favorite. That offense we had with rookie Juju Smith-Schuster, Le'Veon Bell's last season with the team, Antonio Brown still dominating, and a top 10 deep passing defense. We should have been able to win something big. Go on a deep run, maybe win a Super Bowl that year. Ryan Shazier, week 13, is injured. In that game... And the next four, the last five games of the season, Steelers gave up a first down on 44.7% of deep ball passes at ranked 26th and forced a turnover on 5.3%, 
falling to 22nd during that time period. That tells the story of that 2017 season. Better than anything else is when Ryan Shazier went out, the Steelers, without his blitzes, without his coverage, without all the things he brought to the team, were giving up a lot more deep ball first downs and forcing turnovers less. You go into 2018 season, you see similar numbers. With a, with a full offseason to prepare, they brought in John Bostick to play the linebacker and, and kind of try and fill that gap. 2018, they gave a first down on 43.3% of deep ball passes, moves them up to 17th. But you can see how close that was. That was 1.4% less than those last five games of 2017. Turnovers, 4.4%. That's lower than it was at the end of 2017. Good for 26th in the NFL. So in 2018, they ranked 17th in first down percentage allowed and 26th in turnovers forced on deep ball passes. I know I'm throwing a ton of numbers at you, but I, I want you to get that because 2019, Terrell Austin comes on board. Steven Nelson comes on board. Minka Fitzpatrick comes on board. The Steelers' defense goes from 17th in first down percentage allowed on deep ball passes to 5th at 37.9%. And from 26th in turnover percentage to 2nd at 10.5%. The 2019 defense was a Super Bowl caliber defense with an offense that was terrible. And that's how you end up 8-8. Eight and eight. You end up 8-8 eight and eight with a terrible offense and a Super Bowl caliber defense. 2020, defense ranked 4th in first down percentage and 6th in turnover percentage. Not quite the heights they were the year before. 39.1% of deep balls went for a first down and 8.2% turned into a turnover. But again, Steelers offense wasn't great. But when it was passable, right, when you look at the games before the offensive line fell apart, when the Steelers offense wasn't really good, but it was passable, you know, it was kind of meh NFL offense trending towards bottom third of the league, but not quite there. They were undefeated. You couldn't beat them with that defense. And that defense's specialty was taking away the deep pass. We go into 2021. Numbers slip a bit. They hit the 40% mark on first down percentage, dropping them to 11th, just outside of the top 10. In turnovers, they dropped to 5.5% from 2nd and 6th in 2019 and 2020 to 20th in 2021. I think that's the biggest change when you see the secondary, when you when you think of Arthur Millette, Trey Norwood, and uh, Cameron Sutton. Instead of, you know, Steven Nelson, Mike Hilton, Cameron Sutton, it's very different. That's it's a, it's a decent drop-off. And we saw Minka Fitzpatrick playing more of a, you know, help these guys out, cover for these guys' weaknesses, then go out there, make plays, make big plays and intercept passes. Steelers still made the playoffs in 2021 uh, in an improbable run that 
that really I think is one of those things where the team won games they shouldn't have simply because they were doing it for Ben Roethlisberger. They caught a few lucky breaks, but mostly that was a team that was playing over their heads and finding ways to win when they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have won a lot of those games that they won. But they did. That gives you the background. So basically, if, if there's if there's if there's a simple thing to take away from it, a, a you know TLDR version that you're all wishing I'd give, given you and skipped all of the numbers, uh, probably a lot of you. You want to be under forty percent. First down percentage on deep ball passes. You want under forty percent. Turnovers. If you're really good on first down percentage, turnovers don't matter as much. But you want you want to be probably above six percent. When you start getting towards 8%, you're getting into top-tier territory. 10% is ridiculous. Uh, it's a, that's an amazing percentage. But that's that's kind of the numbers where you want to be. All right? So under 40% on first down percentage, you, you know, like closing towards 8% on, first, on turnover percentage, that's where we want to get again. We want the defense to be there. We're going to include the first half of the show. We're going to take a little break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about where the Steelers succeeded, where they fell short, and what they can do in 2022 to get back to being that top tier. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. First half of this show, I gave you a ton of numbers uh, about... Steelers history, the first, the passing defense, you've, you've heard first down percentage on deep ball passes stated a lot. Uh, the second half of this show, we're going to look into this year's Steelers defense and talk about what went right, what went wrong, and keys for 2022. But before, before we get into it, I'll remind you that Cutting Room Floor is brought to you by Behind the Steel Curtain, family of podcasts, and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. As we're heading towards the draft, as we're heading towards free agency, as we're heading towards all of these things, stay tuned. This site will be updated frequently. Any news drops. Anytime someone drops news, you're, you're going to have an article up on Behind the Steel Curtain within minutes. Soon as we hear anything. So keep to us for news. But also, you know, I like to think I have some benefit to this website. So you can also come on board, check out my film rooms. Uh, KT Smith does film rooms. We do a lot of breakdowns, a lot of informative stuff. You know, stay tuned for that stuff too. Uh, I, I'm not a breaking news person. I don't write those articles. I don't 
I don't follow that stuff well. Uh, I normally have my nose in film instead of at the latest news. So stay tuned to Behind the Steel Curtain for really anything Pittsburgh Steelers related this offseason. Getting into the numbers here, right? This is going to be a stats-heavy show. Uh, But we're going to start with one of my favorite things that I've talked about throughout the season is the TJ Watt factor. Games where he played 50% of the snaps or more. You should know the Steelers' win percentage was ridiculously skewed towards when TJ Watt played 50% of the snaps in a game or more. Well, let's look at the numbers for deep ball passes. When TJ Watt played 50% of the snaps or more, the Steelers averaged 6.33 pass deep ball passes a game against their defense. Opposing teams threw a little over six passes a game deep. They completed 36.8% of those. And we got turnovers on 3.9%. You can compare those pretty favorably to some of the numbers from Steelers' Super Bowl season. Right, And that actually would rank them 6th in first down percentage. Back in the top 10, back under 40%. With T.J. Watt, this defense was the kind of defense you could win a Super Bowl with, but at least make a playoff run with. Without T.J. Watt, they gave up a first down. They, they faced 58 passes a game. I just wanted to throw that out real quick to show you. Even TJ Watt being in the game and the amount of pressure we got and winning and losing all that stuff doesn't make a big difference in number of passes per game. Teams throw deep on you for different reasons, various reasons. Uh, it's a much more important stat on offense than it is on defense. The number of deep pass attempts per game doesn't really matter. But without TJ Watt, Opposing offenses completed 44.8% of those deep ball passes turned into first downs. And in a small sample size, the turnovers skew towards not having T.J. Watt, where they forced a turnover on 6.9%. Interesting little side note, and and we're going to get to that, so remember that. They actually intercepted more passes without T.J. Watt than they did with T.J. Watt. So T.J. Watt doesn't correlate... So much to interceptions in 2021. I'm not counting sacks, right? Sacks aren't a part of this. The ball actually has to get away from the quarterback. So his strip sacks, his fumbles where the quarterback is trying to throw the ball, don't play into this. Because, again, we're looking only at deep passes. It's it's pretty hard to say, is that quarterback trying to throw the ball deep when T.J. Watt sacked it? Right? That's, that's, that's hard to measure. So... That has to be written off. T.J. Watt's impact in turnovers doesn't show up here because he's he's not a deep pass interception machine, right? Even his interceptions are going to be on shorter passes, not balls deep down the field. Because hopefully, hopefully, in whatever defense we're running, whoever the defensive coordinator is, T.J. Watt is never tasked with deep coverage. That's, that's not where he should be. So it's understandable that when teams actually got the ball off, You know, the interceptions don't line up with whether T.J. Watt was there. Without T.J. Watt, 
They rank 24th in first down percentage allowed on deep ball passes. Sixth with him, 24th without. So that's a big deal. Another person we talk about a lot, I talk about a lot, I should say, with whether they're playing or not, is Joe Hayden. In games where Joe Hayden played this season, the Steelers, again, they faced 6.3 passes a game when he played. With When he didn't play at all, they faced an average of six passes per game. So still in the same range. And we're talking about kind of small sample sizes. So differences of 0.3, it's hard, it's hard to say they really matter. Their deep ball completion percentage when Joe Hayden played in the game, 34.7%. Even lower than when TJ Watt played. 34.7% of deep ball passes went for first downs. When he wasn't playing at all, that number jumps to 50%. 34.7% also ranks sixth best. There was a clear top five in deep ball percentage turned into first downs. They were all in the, like 32% or lower. And Sixth was like seventh, 37%. So any any number in that 36 to 33 range is going to end with the Steelers ranking sixth, right? Uh, with Joe Hayden, sixth. Without him, that 50% is by far the worst in the NFL. That is last in the NFL. Joe Hayden correlates even stronger to deep ball first down defense than TJ Watt which is interesting because I just did a vertex on Joe Hayden showing how he was more vulnerable to deep passes this season when he's in man coverage. I will say that when the Steelers go into zone or they are able to give him pattern matching assignments where he takes the deep route or he takes the short route, he's much better. A lot of the times where he's getting beat is when he's on an island in man defense, which is in your base package, mostly. The Steelers, when they go 3-4, ran man defense a lot. And that's where you're seeing Joe Hayden get in trouble. In longer uh, longer down down in distances, Joe Hayden wasn't being asked to cover someone on an island, and he was much, much better. And the numbers bear that out. I think it's pretty easy to see that that Joe Hayden, as a cornerback who is directly involved in deep coverage, had more impact than T.J. Watt did as a pass rusher, even though T.J. had a lot of impact. Another player I want to look at here is Akella Witherspoon. We're going to ignore his first time on the field where he played two snaps and gave up a 60-plus yard touchdown. We're going to ignore those two snaps. We're going to also move past the L.A. Chargers game. There's a reason we're moving past the Chargers game, because even though Witherspoon played, that was his first game back playing, he played pretty well. That was the game where the Steelers did not have T.J. Watt, did not have Joe Hayden, and did not have Minka Fitzpatrick. The Steelers' defense was awful that game. Whether Witherspoon was there or not, and as I've just showed, the correlation between T.J. Watt and Joe Hayden being out uh, and deep ball, passing is is both high. When they were both out, it was bad. Witherspoon was not single-handedly making up for those two. And also Minka Fitzpatrick, who, if if he had actually missed, you know, more than one game, I, I'd run his numbers and, and you'd see. 
Uh, he made a huge difference every other season. He's made a massive difference coming to the Steelers. With him gone, that's crazy. I'm not. I'm not putting that game into the numbers. So after the LA Chargers game, Witherspoon is playing uh, either in a nickel or a starting role. He's either coming in as the in nickel situations and playing outside, or he's actually starting. After this point. The Steelers gave up a first down on 26.2% of deep ball passes after the Chargers game with Witherspoon playing. 26.2%. That's second best in the NFL. And in that time period, they intercepted, or at least forced a turnover, on 9.5% of deep ball pass attempts. Third best in the NFL. Third best in the NFL. Second in first down percentage and third best at turnover percentage. When you look at the season after the Chargers game. Think about that. That's a game against the Bengals. A game against the Ravens. The Vikings, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Browns, and the Ravens again. That includes the Chiefs and the Bengals. It includes three losses, four wins. One, two, three playoff teams. And those numbers. Akella Witherspoon coming in for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everyone knows he had a great, you know, stretch of games there. He had a great, fantastic seven-game stretch, and he played, he was one of the few bright spots in the playoff game, one of the better players in the playoff game. He was a bright spot. Moving into next season, what's our keys here? What can we learn from this? Moving into next season, well, one is probably probably bring back Akella Witherspoon. But I want to temper the statistics uh, with what I see on film. This is the cutting room floor after all. Akella Witherspoon, how he was used on the Steelers was very much how Steven Nelson was used in 2019. Where he wasn't given a lot of responsibility for underneath routes. He was not put on an island very much at all. And he wasn't asked to do much in the run in run defense. Witherspoon was a deep ball man specialist. He was a deep route man specialist. And that's kind of the role he played the most, and he was dang good at it. Really, really good in that role. But if you look at him, when he played for other teams, you know what you find out? He was good at that there. That's what he's always been good at. In 2020, the Steelers had a really good defense again, just like they did in 2019. Steven Nelson took on a much bigger role. Did a lot more coverage on an island. Did a lot more short route responsibility. And he had more run responsibility. And he stepped up and answered. And did it well. Akello Witherspoon, when he has been asked in the past to step into a bigger role and be that guy, has not been able to. He has never been that guy. He's been the guy we saw this season. When you play him to his strengths and allow him to just mostly be a deep ball defense guy 
and a man coverage guy on deep routes, man, is he good. When you ask him to defend the entire field and just lock onto one guy, he gets burned. So one of the keys to this is going to be playing Wizard Spoon to his strengths. Another key is going to be Joe Hayden, playing Joe Hayden to his strengths if we bring him back. If we bring back Joe Hayden. If we don't, we need to replace whatever Joe Hayden brings, whatever it is. Veteran savvy, intelligence, experience. He's phenomenal. In his, when he can play to his strengths, Joe Hayden is phenomenal. But you have to be able to play him to his strengths. And I question whether the Steelers, over a 17-game season, can have both Joe Hayden and Akella Witherspoon on this roster and play both to their strengths. I don't know if they can. And I don't know if Joe Hayden is willing to accept a role where he's not an outside starter and isn't a guy who's going to be asked to do those things that he's not quite as good at now as he's getting older. We'll see how that happens. That's a key to me. Another key is pressure on the quarterback. Pressure on the quarterback, and it can't just be T.J. Watt. We can't be sitting there you know, crossing our fingers and praying that T.J. Watt is healthy the entire season and never misses a game because, oh my gosh, if he's not 100%, we can't put pressure on the quarterback and our entire defense falls apart. We can't have that. As the Steelers are looking and needing to shore up the defensive line, they need to find some pass rush outside of T.J. Watt. Some good, consistent pass rush. Stefan Tuitt returning would be a big, big factor in that. Development from Alex Highsmith or, frankly, replacing him would be another. If he can't produce in the pass rush, maybe he'll have to be replaced. I don't know. We'll see how he develops going into his third season. That's a key season. But how the Steelers address the secondary, how they manage these cornerbacks, is going to be interesting. Last note, uh, when T James Pierre had to start, when he was a dimeback, I actually liked his game. I liked his game. He was basically a short yardage guy. Uh, similar, to, similar to Joe Hayden, he wasn't asked to do both deep and short coverage. Uh, he got to help in the run game. When he was asked to start, though, the Steelers gave up 58.3% of their deep ball passes for first downs. When he was a starter, 58.3%. Look at the difference between James Pierre and Akello Witherspoon. James Pierre, 58.3%. Akello Witherspoon, 26.2%. 58.3 is by far the worst in the NFL. That would rank way past 32nd. Like the, That's incredibly higher than, than the worst team in the NFL was last year. But when he was a starter, that's what they gave up. When James Pierre was a starter, Joe Hayden's out, James Pierre is the starter. It was that bad. I would like to see James Pierre in a competition for the number four spot or, you know, back up nickel. I, I still think he has value, but it's tight to the line. It's, it's inside. It's zone. 
it's if he's in deep zone, it's got to be like cover three, cover four. He's fine there where he knows this is all I have to do. I don't have to run with a guy. I can pick him up later in zone. He's fantastic in zone. Not good in man. He is a zone corner. Cover two, cover four, cover three. He can He's passable. Kind of a cornerback. Cannot be in there in man. I don't know if there's a role for him on this team in that in that regard. Uh, I thought his after his first season he could be an interesting nickel, but I also think Joe Hayden might need to go to nickel. I, I don't know how the Steelers are going to navigate this defensive back room because your top cornerbacks all need to be used to their strengths and need to have covered have you know certain areas of their game covered for. I don't know how they're going to do that. But this is going to be a tough offseason to navigate, and they're going to have to come up with answers to those questions. Thank you for listening. That's our show for today. I hope you have a good week. And as always, go Steelers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.